0: Good morning Apex. Listen, we're so thankful that you and your families have chosen to join us this morning for worship and word online. Of course, it's Palm Sunday today, so we thought it would be very appropriate to begin with a, um, a brief reading from the Psalms. Psalm 121 is called a Psalm of a and that means that it's one that the Israelite people would have recited and sung as they were making their way to Jerusalem during this very important time of year. This is how it reads. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. Amen. Let's worship.
1: I'm going to uh, read to you from scriptures in a minute, but I just wanted to say uh, how really grateful we are to Chris and the team for all of their hard work, administration, and to the rest of the team uh, at Apex or often at home right now, uh, doing all of the various different things that are supporting us and resourcing us during this time. I, I wanted just to make a quick mention. About the resources that are available, you'll find a kind of schedule and, a, and a, a list of those on the front page of the website apexcommunity.org. And I wanted to just say that, of course, we realize that there are a lot of resources that we're making available. Uh, I'm doing a morning and evening uh, devotional, we're having the worship team with Chris and, and we're having resources, of course, from family ministry and, and various different things from the growing and going teams. Mm-hmm. What, what we're wanting to do is to create a structure and a flow to things that as the crisis progresses and frankly uh, worsens if all of the projections are correct, We have a place of a repeatable pattern that can give us a sense of direction and a sense of purpose and a sense of forward momentum. It may not be that the resources are all needed every day, Uh, certainly that would be the norm, of course. But the fact that they're there for you and that you have, as it were, a default position as members of APEX to go to, with your house church, with your home, with your family is enormously important and will become more important as the days unfold. So we're offering structure and a repeatable pattern that we trust will be of real blessing and benefit to you as the days unfold. We're praying very much, of course, for God to send this uh, this pestilence, this this terrible worldwide pandemic plague that we're suffering back and to and to restrict its its terrible progress but in the midst of this trying and testing time uh, we're wanting of course to do the very best we can in offering care and shepherding and oversight uh, to all those who are very much in need of it right now Today, we're going to look at a passage uh, that takes us right to the very heart of this Sunday, which, of course, is Palm Sunday, the Sunday uh, that we remember Jesus entered Jerusalem on his way to all of the events of Easter. Uh, Next Friday, we will be doing our Good Friday service at six o'clock in the evening, and we'd encourage households to join us at that time, and we'll be celebrating communion together. So bring some bread and wine uh, to that time, and we'll be sharing in that, in that time of the Lord's Supper um, together as we remember the events of Good Friday. And then we'll be celebrating on Easter Sunday, even though we will be Sequestered in our homes, we will, of course, be celebrating as always. And more of that will be uh, made uh, aware of uh, in the announcements in in the coming days. But let's read today from Luke chapter 19. We've jumped a few chapters ahead. We'll go back to chapter 13 uh, after Easter. But uh, let's look at Luke 19 and verses 28 and following this morning. After Jesus had said these things, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethphage in Bethany, at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden, untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Tell him, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it, just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They replied, the Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place, they will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's visitation you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you God's visitation jesus has been setting his face to jerusalem since he came down from the mount of transfiguration his face like flint has been facing toward his destiny Jesus for the joy set before him as the writer to the Hebrews puts it is prepared to go through the cross the joy of our salvation the joy of seeing the people of God set free into their destiny the family of God gathered to their father this amazing sense of Completion was beginning to unfold for Jesus. And even as he began to move towards the gates of Jerusalem, he again was moved to tears. We've, of course, seen those tears uh, so well uh, portrayed for us in last week's sermon by Chad. But here we have a further expression of the sadness of jesus and there are some key concepts that we need to understand that really relate to what we're dealing with right now i've briefly introduced those ideas in our morning devotions that usually come right after our a uh, time of morning prayer together those two big concepts of peace And visitation Jesus says if only you had known what would bring you peace and of course the person that would bring them peace is Jesus himself peace is of course a concept that is that is central to to the very fabric of Jewish life it is the greeting it is the regular farewell that everyone uses multiple times in every day shalom this this idea of peace really that runs through the old testament has is living even today in the jewish community is the idea of wholeness of healing of blessedness this this idea that that god himself establishes peace in our lives in our relationships in our community as a means by which he communicates to us all that is good and propagates within us all that is wholesome that that idea of shalom is is so so deep and riven into the very heart of every jewish person and jesus says if only you had known, this is reference to the person who can bring them peace and that's that's something that we need to recognize of course, in the midst of all of the anxiety and all of the turmoil that we're going through. Perhaps you wake up in the mornings and I've known this in the past uh, not so much today but but in the past i've I've known days when i've woken up and I know that there's no peace in my heart. What do we do? Do we we try to kind of create a peaceful environment? Do we try to settle our minds? All of those things are good and, and there's nothing really wrong with them. But the important thing to remember is that peace is a person. There is a Prince of Peace and the Prince of Peace promises to give us his peace peace is the possession of jesus and as his possession he makes it available to us as a permanent gift peace is not a passing evanescent experience for the christian peace is a gift it is the presence of Jesus himself within us by his spirit. And that peace is the is the same peace that's spoken about in the Old Testament. It's a peace that settles our hearts, settles our minds. In fact, the New Testament says that it, it goes beyond our capacity to emote. It goes beyond our capacity to reflect. It is peace that passes our understanding. It guards our our hearts, and our minds, because it's a person. Peace is not a feeling. It's a person. And Jesus wants us, as he did the people of Jerusalem, he wants us to receive his peace at this time. Now, if we're believers, of course, then we have received peace because we've received Jesus. But sometimes, it's necessary for us to consider how the progress of peace in our lives has has done. It's still possible for some of the chambers of our heart to, to lay, as it were, with locked doors to the presence of Jesus. The Bible will forever Remind us of the need to surrender our resources, surrender our relationships, surrender our aspirations and hopes for the future into the hands of Jesus, trusting that he has everything that, that he intends for us, which is good, in his hands that he wants to give to us, distribute to us. And yet so often we lock him out of certain parts of our life, out of our considerations of of our finances and considerations of our relationships, considerations of our health. Jesus wants to be in every room of our heart. And it's in the same way that he stands at the door knocking for the church in Laodicea in Revelation chapter 3, So Jesus stands at the doors of our heart, seeking to gain entrance into all of the chambers of our inner life. Peace is a person and peace can make progress in our life. And you'll notice that the most mature among us are people who are not disturbed by this this tumultuous time that we're going through, but are regularly finding themselves drawn back to the very default position of the Christian's life, which is the presence of Jesus who brings peace. And whenever our minds are troubled, and whenever our hearts are disturbed, we go back to that place, that place of peace. Secondly, Jesus says, we haven't recognized the time of visitation. Now, the word visitation, translated differently in, in different uh, English texts, is the Greek word episkope, and, and really what that means, and is used as the, 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 the kind of founding concept of the, of the word elder. The word episcopate means examination or investigation. The people of Jerusalem, the people of Israel, had not recognized that God was there to examine their lives and investigate their behavior. God was there to do a particular thing within them. Now, as God undoubtedly, is bringing us to this time of visitation. And for those of you who followed the evening uh, devotions, I kind of post them mid to late afternoon, you'll have uh, noticed that I've gone back to Hebrews chapter 12 and 13 to look at this, this earthquake that we're going through. As you consider this time that we're going through, I'm sure you're aware like I am, that God is examining our heart. And in the same way that I was suggesting in a moment, if in that examination we find that our hearts are riven by anxiety and stress, then those are the places where in this time of visitation, in this time of examination, we need to draw close to Jesus and say, Jesus, I want you to come in through that door. Jesus says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and fellowship with them. Be your friend. It may be that that you're still somewhat unfamiliar about Jesus being a friend to you in your finances, a friend to you in your health, a friend to you in your family for your children these are the places where jesus wants to gain access and during this time of of divine visitation we need to we need to allow the lord jesus to examine our hearts where are we allowing the natural tendency of of survival and 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 self orientation to define the way that we function? Are we truly being people who are prepared to sacrifice on behalf of others? I I applaud all of our health professionals out there working so hard, working so tirelessly, working so heroically to secure the health of so many within our community. It's their calling, but it's the calling of each Christian too, to be tireless in seeking to take the opportunity that every day affords us to share the good news of the peace of Jesus. And of course we need to be honest about where God's examination is revealing things in our heart and we need to allow him to really work within us. Certainly that's something that I'm wanting the Lord to do, and and as he does it, he's bringing a touch of revival to my own heart, as I'm sure he's bringing to yours. But then Jesus says about this time of visitation that we haven't recognised it. We haven't identified it for what it is. And I wanted just to make a quick note of this before we finish this morning, because I'm sure Uh, you've noticed the the many uh, postulations that there are on the internet and in other forms of media suggesting that America is being judged uh, at this time. Uh, No doubt, uh, America, as all the nations of the world, uh, is entirely deserving of God's judgment. But I want to just make sure that we are governed by biblical principles as we think through what it is that God is saying to us, and as we seek to recognize this time. In the Old Testament, of course, the nation, particularly the nation of Israel, was the means by which God was functioning. It was the vehicle of his covenant to his people. And so the nation of Israel is the, is the context in which God is working out his relationship. And the nations around Israel were those that he was using in his work to shape the life of his, of his people, the children of Israel. That comes to its completion and culmination in the ministry of Jesus and his prophecy that we read about today of the final judgment as it were on the nation of israel as rome comes and destroys jerusalem really for the last time it's never uh, been fully rebuilt as we all know uh, the temple has never been restored that that reality is an old testament reality the new testament speaks really uh, nothing about nations being judged except on the last day nations are not the context of god's principal concern his principal concern are people groups that he mentions in the great commission you should go out and make disciples of every ethnos every people group every every nation is the way that we is the way that we translated it. But nation sometimes leads us in the wrong direction because we think of the modern kind of 20th, 21st century idea of the nation state. It's much more to do with the people groups of the world. And that's our calling to go to them. And of course, all people will be judged on the final day as they're brought before the judgment seat of God after the return of Jesus. But in the meantime, The idea of God judging nations is not a prominent theme in the New Testament at all. Really, the place of God's dealing is among the people of God, who are the Church of Jesus Christ, made up from every tongue, tribe, and nation. And the individual's life, often set within family, the individual's life as they relate to Jesus and relate to God. And respond to his word and his spirit. And so I don't want you to be uh, overrun by these disturbing messages that somehow uh, we've been particularly singled out for judgment. The the nation and the empire of Rome would most certainly have been singled out uh, for judgment within the text of the New Testament. And yet, Uh, The writers of the New Testament, Paul, for instance, just tells us to pray for the leaders and submit to their authority. This is not the focus of the New Testament's message. The focus of the New Testament's message is our walk with the Lord, our families walk with the Lord, and the people of God made up of every tribe, tongue, and nation, every tribe, tongue, and ethnic group. Every culture, every color, every class is part of the people of God. And so in this time, we recognize the visitation as a visitation, not necessarily on America, because, of course, this is a global pandemic. We recognize this as a visitation to Give us the opportunity for self-examination because the examination of God is the very thing that he wants us to embrace at this time so that we're prepared, so that we're equipped, so that this time of enforced retreat produces all of the things that retreat will bring us. Retreat is always intended to bring a fresh revelation of God. And as we are in this enforced retreat, my prayer for each one of us is that we get a fresh revelation of God. We get a fresh revelation of God in the Lord Jesus Christ and his love for us and his love for the world. My prayer is that as we recognize this time of visitation, it will produce revival, in our hearts, revival in our homes, and revival across our nation, particularly as the doors are flung open at the end of this crisis, and the windows are opened, and the world begins to restart again. My longing, as I'm sure is yours, is that many will be ushered into the kingdom because they realised that they were, in their hearts, not ready for a time like this, and that the people of God were so clearly ready and were so clear in their witness to the peace that lives within them that the rest of the world longs for that peace. So, in this time, we embrace the peace that is Jesus and we invite him to all of the parts of our life where as yet he has not felt free to take up residence. And in doing that, we recognize this time of visitation as a time of examination and as a time of preparation for revival. Let's pray together. Lord God, thank you that you're working in our hearts. We pray, Lord, that you would send back this virus, that you would that you would prevent it from harming, hurting or killing anymore. We pray, Lord, that you would rescue the nations of the world and our own nation, and that you would strengthen the leaders of the nations, especially the leader of our own nation, our president, our vice president and the task team that is doing such a great job in in trying to secure health for all of us. We pray, Lord, for the frontline workers and we ask you, Lord, for each one of them that you protect and bless them. We pray, Lord, for ourselves, that we, as the essential workers of the kingdom, would be very much committed, Lord, to receiving your peace, in every part of our life. And as we receive your peace, we would, Lord, be channels of your peace. As the old song says, that we would, Lord, be channels of your peace to the world around us. We pray this, Jesus, for your honor and for your glory. Amen. Bless you guys. I'll see you pretty much every day in the coming weeks. But uh, we look forward to hearing back from you and to praying with you about whatever it is that the Lord is doing in your life. God bless.